Welcome to Position in Neutrality. Anyone here for the very first time tonight? Never been to this before? Good. First of all, welcome. And second, let us warn you in advance, you're liable to experience us just a little different than other meetings of other fellowships you may have attended. Primary reason that's liable to happen is we intend for you to have a different experience here. What we do here is we take a look at the suggested instruction for a step or so a week directly out of this book. And we use this book in 12-step recovery. Why? The process described by the authors of this book has been proven to work with addicts of the hopeless variety, addicts to alcohol and other substances. So I'm not here to tell you what the book says, because what the book says to you is none of my business. But I am here to show you how I find my experience in it, what it says to me, and encourage you to have your experience. And if we both do our job, we'll share a spiritual experience in here tonight. How many of you have been here before and can witness for these folks that that happens? So for those of you online, a lot of them raise their hand. When we talk to you about a spiritual experience in 12-step recovery, we're not talking about concepts. We're talking about sensory, tangible experiences, realities, right? When, when you feel the power we're going to talk to you about, I'll know. I'll call it to your attention. We're, we're too loud or something, guys. Um, I'll call it to your attention because we would cheat you to talk to you about the power we call God without giving you a demonstration of the power. Fair enough? And tonight we're in steps eight and nine, which may seem a little scary if you're in steps one and two. But bear with us because they're all inclusive and they're in order for a reason. We've gained access to power prior to this time and now that we have the power and we now have our eyes open and we know what the new manner of living looks like, now it's time to get fit. It's time to learn to lift, lift a few spiritual weights and that's where we start. So we'll start with the prayer on page 76 of your book. And the authors say, when ready, we say something like this, my creator, I'm now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. That's the, now that I, my eyes are open, there's no amen after the third step prayer. They, this is where it starts to get serious, right? This is, now I need power. I know what it looks like. I know the harms I've done. I know what I was like. I know what happened. And I'm going to need that power to take me out to right those wrongs and to, to become a better version of me. Yes? Okay. So then it says now we need more action. It's not good enough to just gain access to power and sit on it. Now it's time to take the power out for a walk. Fair enough? Okay. Without which we find that faith without works is dead. Why did they use that passage? Anyone recognize that passage? Yeah, it comes from another book, doesn't it? Yeah. But why to a bunch of alcoholics who are trying to figure out their identity, who they are and whose they are, would they use that passage? Well, number one is to show others precisely how we recovered is the main purpose of the book. So the reason people know of my faith is because they see me and they inquire, Joe, you used to be like that, and now you're like that, what happened to you? And I said, it's not what happened to me, it's who happened to me. His love, his power, his way of life that you're seeing. Does it make sense? Okay, so we prove the power to us through us. 
So I get a benefit, but so does the community in seeing a transformed life. Right? Okay. So that's why that's important. We have a list of all persons we have harmed and to whom we are willing to make amends. How many of you have such a list? Where'd you get it? They said they got it when they took inventory. Interesting. See why they're in order now? I might not be properly armed with the facts about myself until my eyes have been open and I see what I was like and what happened, what I hope to be like in the future, yeah? Okay. So we made it when we took inventory. We subjected ourselves to a drastic self-appraisal. How many of you felt it was a drastic self-appraisal? How many of you are looking at it and go, ooh, that looks drastic? Okay, stay in the step you're in. You're going to gain access to power. You're going to get your eyes open. The power will flow in. You, you'll, you'll be fine when you get there, right? Okay, so now we go out to our fellows and repair the damage done in the past. We attempt to sweep away the debris which has accumulated out of our effort to live on self-will and run the show ourselves. So all of that is this is what we're about to do. We're going to go out and demonstrate this newfound power from within, yes? But now they're going to give us what's really important. If we haven't the will to do this, we ask until it comes. Guys, we have mixed that up forever. You are going to find things that you probably need to do spiritually that you will lack the will to do. You will not know there's a power greater than you living in you until you ask for that power and that divine power through you carries you forward through a difficult experience. How many of you have found you gained access to power to be kinder than you felt like being? What is that but a power greater than you operating through you, and on and on and on it goes, yes? Okay, so remember it was agreed at the beginning we would go to any lengths for victory over alcohol. Who do we make that agreement with? God save me from me, right? Whatever you said, Papa, can you help motherfucker out? <laughs> Wherever you at, right? Okay, so it was kind of rough, wasn't it, Sean? So probably there are still some misgivings. <laughs> you get him? I mean, we're, here we are. We're about to go out and admit to people how we treated them. We had a party in. We're going to go pay back people we stole from. We're going to, right? So there are some misgivings, yeah? Okay. So as we look over the list of business acquaintances and friends we have hurt, we may feel diffident about going to some of them on a spiritual basis. How many of you lived a rather nefarious lifestyle and you're a little bit nervous about talking to them about your search for God? Maybe a little iffy, maybe, huh? Okay. That's what it means to be a little diffident. I'm not sure how comfortable I am pronouncing this power just yet. That's why it's a fitness step. You're going to have to get fit enough. Okay. So let us be reassured to some people we need not and probably should not emphasize the spiritual feature on our first approach. So don't worry about the spiritual feature on your first approach, but know there will be more approaches. Does that make sense? Okay. So we might prejudice them. So my reticence is actually spiritual guidance. What happens when you have had the kind of relationship with people that some of us have had and maybe you've taken something from them. Any of you ever take something from someone? <laughs> so if I go to approach them and say, 
been out there looking for God. Sure sorry about your stereo. They're not going to be terribly impressed. They probably just want to know what I did with their fucking stereo. So we may not lead with that, okay? So at the moment, we're trying to put our lives in order, but this is not an end in itself. Our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God, to the people about us. So this is the fitness step. How many of you have gone and gotten physically fit? Did you notice it was progressive, and if you stuck with it, you, got, you could do heavier and heavier lifts, do more and more things. So spiritual fitness is going to require that we start where we start, and then we keep progressing, and we will spiritually get stronger and stronger. And this is why we don't worry about those people that we are lacking willingness because they've got a whole suggestive pattern to the wives, to the employer, to the family, and we'll get a circle of support, a community around us, and we will grow in the spirit because everyone did. Rarely have we seen a person fail who's thoroughly followed our path. Okay. So, it's seldom wise to approach an individual who still smarts from our injustice to him and announce that we've gone religious for the reasons I just mentioned. Okay? So, in the prize ring, this would be called leading with the chin. Why lay ourselves open to being branded fanatics or religious bores? So, there's a question mark. They want me to go inward. I may not use that exact phrase, but is that what I'm fearing? What will they think of me? Any of you ever had that problem? Even the ones that know what we've been and are just relieved that now we know what we've been. <laughs> right? But we're still a little bit iffy about going to them and, right? Yeah. So that's a time to summon willingness. Does it make sense? Because the question mark is for me to go inward. Is this what's going on? Okay, divine power. Yes? Okay. So we may kill a future opportunity to carry a beneficial message, but our Man is sure to be impressed with a sincere desire to set right the wrong. He's going to be more interested in a demonstration of goodwill than in our talk of spiritual discoveries. Wouldn't you be? I just, uh, oh well. Um, whoever I was sending this to, audio, you're growing in consciousness of presence. You're, as many people as you encounter, you'll be informed with different approaches. That's why it's so important that we do it. Okay, and the question of how to approach the man we hated will arise. Any of you got one of those, or more than one? How many of you just don't like the word hate, so you skip by that? Okay, so that means strongly dislike. <laughs> got any of those? Okay, okay. So it may be that he's done us more harm than we've done him, and though we may have acquired a better attitude toward him, we're still not too keen about admitting our faults. So did they help wind it back a little? I don't want to say I hate him, but dude was kind of a prick, <laughs> and he got me worse, so I'm not too keen. Any of you get that way, that fear? If I go, then, you know, it's going to humiliate me. Yeah. Well, here's the truth. When I retaliated at them or acted badly toward them, I humiliated me, and until I go take ownership of that and behave like who I am and whose I am, it's not, I'm not going to be free of it. Okay. So nevertheless, with a person we dislike, we take the bit in our teeth. There's a metaphor for you. Any, of you, any farm people here? What happens when the horse gets a bit in the teeth? The horse goes where the horse goes. 
So it's going to be tough, but we may have to pull against the rain a little bit. We've not taken control of people, but take control of the situation. Initiate the contact, start the conversation. Don't avoid a difficult conversation if you want to grow spiritually. You're going to have it anyway, so you pick the timing. How many of you found that out? Okay. So it's harder to go to an enemy than to a friend, but we find it much more beneficial to us. Don't misread that. They found it on the other side. So do what you're willing to do, honestly, and you will find that eventually those ones you would never do, not even no matter what, you will do, and you'll find you receive great benefit because a chain that's been on you will be broken as a result of it. Okay. So we go to him in a helpful and forgiving spirit, confessing our for former ill feeling and expressing our regret. They gave us a detailed description of what they did so you got to read it back, because if you don't do what they did, you may retaliate. Any of you ever gone to making amends and ended up making amends for the amends you tried to make? <laughs> so the first thing I'm going to do is get in a helpful and forgiving spirit, which means I'm going to get centered in the spirit, which is why they taught me about prayer and meditation. And they've taught me about how would I like to be approached if the roles were reversed. And, and I'll get informed, and then I'll follow the rest of the instructions. Make sense? Okay, so under no condition do we criticize such a person or argue. Why do you think they mentioned that? Because it's a proof that there's a power greater than me operating through me, for one thing. If I'm informed in the spirit, I'm still going to think, what a prick. <laughs> but I'm going to say, I'm sure sorry for the way I treated you. If I want the freedom. Does it make sense? Simply we tell them we'll never get over drinking until we've done our utmost to straighten out the past. Why did I drink? I needed a spiritual release. Why would I ever stop needing a spiritual release? Probably won't. But I've now found that I don't have to go out in the world to get my ease and comfort. I can access ease and comfort from within. Handy little trick for the addict of the hopeless variety to know. Not a bad thing for the average human to know. So we're there to sweep off our side of the street. We're realizing that nothing worthwhile can be accomplished until we do so, never trying to tell him what he should do. His faults are not discussed. We stick to our own. Did you notice how many times they said the same thing? Do you think that indicated a level of difficulty? Yeah, it's impossible for me to surrender my ego of my own power. It has, I had to have God's help. Right? Free of me, so I'm free to be me. Not the me in the flesh, but the me I have learned I am. Yes? Okay. So, if our manner is calm, frank, and open, we will be gratified with the result. How many of you like to be gratified? Okay, so conditionally, I need to be calm, frank, and open. So what's calm? How many of you have appeared calm, felt less than calm? That is also evidence of a power greater than you operating within you. What does frank mean? Direct. Don't try and spin it. Not because it's a rule, but because I'm trying to grow spiritually. 
Does it make sense? There are no rules. It's suggestive. But if you want to grow, be direct. And open. Open, what's that mean? How many of you have heard something about yourself that you didn't expect to hear? So I'm, I need to be open to some things that I'm approaching about that I didn't recall or I didn't perceive them that way. Right? Because they've been injured by their perception, not my perception. So it really doesn't matter what my perception is. If I'm really there to make amends and get free, then I'm going to have to offer them some kind of restitution for the harm they perceive I've done. It's so important we understand that as humans, guys, how many of you think you know what I believe sitting here tonight? Nobody, not one raised a hand. This is a trick question. So some of you think you know what I believe, and I suggest to you that you only know your thoughts about what you think you heard me say, if you just met me. And that's how complex it is for us human beings. So what we need to do is just take care of our own stuff, right? And, and assign the very best we can to our brothers and sisters and see how it goes. Okay. So in nine cases out of ten, the unexpected happens. Sometimes the man we're calling upon admits his own fault, so feuds of years, years standing melt away in an hour. Rarely do we fail to make satisfactory progress. So cling to that. Rarely do they fail to make satisfactory progress. Don't get into all the recovery arguments about what rarely means. I've heard that shit for years. Rarely means rarely. <laughs> Don't happen often, and they already said nine cases out of ten, and Sometimes with a little time, you'll realize you receive freedom you didn't know you received. But sometimes it takes a minute for the mind to catch up with the body's out running doing. Right? Okay. So our former enemies sometimes praise what we're doing and wish us well, and occasionally they will offer assistance. It should not matter, however, if someone does throw us out of his office. We've made our demonstration, done our part, it's water over the dam. That's probably one of the hard ones you'll encounter when you go out and they do not receive your act of repentance in the way you would expect them to, and it isn't their reception that's the problem, it's your expectation that's the problem. If it was truly selfless, then it really doesn't matter how they receive it, because I did it to demonstrate power through me to them, and if they can't see the power, well, neither could I for years. Does it make sense? Okay. So most alcoholics owe money. That's so hilarious. Why? <laughs> kind of an understatement, right? We do not dodge our creditors. Telling them what we're trying to do, we make no bones about our drinking. They usually know it anyway, whether we think so or not. How many of you had that little discovery? When you finally admitted your addiction, you made it unanimous? Anybody? Oh, is that all it is? Thank God, right? I thought she was nuts. Nor are we afraid of disclosing our alcoholism on the theory that it may cause financial harm. Careful reading that. The disclosing of your alcoholism, your addiction, could possibly cause financial harm if you're disclosing it just indiscriminately. But if your behavior in your addiction caused them financial harm, then letting them know that you know that not only did I harm you, you did not deserve it, and I'm here to try and make it right to your specification. Right? So you'll have to discern what you're doing. If you didn't harm them and you're just expecting them to hear that you're an alcoholic or an addict, they don't know what that means. They don't, they don't, and they don't give a rat's ass, quite frankly, yeah. 
Okay, so approached in this way, the most ruthless creditor will sometimes surprise us. Arranging the best deal we can, we let these people know we're sorry. How would we do that? Yeah, we'd probably tell them, and we'll probably show them, and they'll show us how they showed them, and then you get a sense. So as our drinking has made us slow to pay, we must lose our fear of creditors no matter how far we have to go for we're liable to drink if we're afraid to face them. Perhaps we've committed a criminal offense, <laughs> which might... Okay, let's, let's have a new freedom wave. Perhaps we've committed a criminal offense which might land us in jail if it were known to the authority. We may be short in our accounts and unable to make good. We may have already admitted this in confidence to another person, but we're sure we'd be imprisoned or lose our job if it were known. So they're telling you the importance of the fifth step admission because I'm going to get armed with the facts of myself by sharing this with another human being who's there not to judge me, but to help me get armed with the facts about myself. But all of that is in preparation to go to the man I hated and own my stuff. Right? So they're talking about the progressive willingness, the divine power expressing itself through me. Maybe it's only a petty offense such as the padding, uh, padding the expense account. Most of us have done that sort of thing. Maybe we're divorced and have remarried but haven't kept up the alimony, number one. She's indignant about it and has a warrant out for our arrest. That's a common form of trouble, too. So now they're going to get into, because one of the things we do, especially when we're younger and we come in, well, I haven't done that, and I haven't done that. We start thinking all the things we haven't done, and we forget why we came. So let's look at the, it doesn't matter what you've done or what you haven't done, but let's look at the group experience, because if you got to our little club, probably weren't on a winning streak. Although these reparations take innumerable forms, there are some general principles which we find guiding. So let's stay away from all the examples and let's just look at the general principles. Fair enough? So reminding ourselves that we've decided to go to any lengths to find a spiritual experience, where do I find said spiritual experience? Flows from within. How do I recognize it? The express... Well, it expresses itself as power, peace, happiness, sense of direction, right? They've told us that. Half of them were atheists or agnostics. The other half believers dying in their alcoholism. Two of man and a woman, they agreed on the experience. Okay? We ask that we be given strength and direction to do the right thing, no matter what the personal consequence may be. So, faith to overcome fear. The overcoming of fear isn't happening in the walk, it's in the confrontation. The power within you will walk you through the confrontation. That battle's already won. But you're, you haven't grown in consciousness, fitness yet, and that's why we still fear. Yes? Okay. How many of you are less afraid today than you once were? There you go. Some of you are feeling that. Who's feeling that? I just listened to a chain breaker upstairs, some chains breaking. Okay, so we, we may lose our position or reputation or face jail, but we are willing. We have to be. So even in my willingness, it's fervent prayer and desperation. Because what I know is I need ease and comfort. All day, every day. Anyone else? How many of you thought someone else outside of you caused how you thought or felt today? 
Oops. We must not shrink at anything. Usually, however, other people are involved. Therefore, we're not to be the hasty and foolish martyr who would needlessly sacrifice others to save himself from the alcoholic pit. A man we know had remarried. Because of resentment and drinking, he'd not paid alimony to his first wife. She was furious. She went to court and got an order for his arrest. He had commenced our way of life. So what does that mean? Yeah, and the program is the steps. If you just parked in a meeting, this may not make sense. But because he's now in a manner of living, a program, here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Now he's realizing the time has come to face that which I've been afraid to face. I've been asking for willingness, so God brought her to me. Oops. I didn't mean quick. He had secured a position, so he had a job, and he was getting his head above water, so he was starting to pay his bills. It would have been impressive heroics if he'd walked up to the judge and said, here I am. It would have been, wouldn't it? But are we about impressive heroics if we're trying to grow spiritually? Clearly not. So I may have to do all that, but there may be some indications indicated steps that I might want to talk to a trusted friend about and see if there's another way because he makes a way where there is no way. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> Every once in a while you just got to point it out. You know what I mean? So um, we thought he ought to be willing to do that if necessary, but if he were in jail he could provide nothing for either family. So my what I thought was you know, impressive heroics was selfish because I don't recognize the difference yet in my mind, right? So now I'm going to cheat two families. That's the way I've always done it, okay? So we suggested he write his first wife admitting his faults and asking forgiveness, okay? He did and also sent a small amount of money. He told her what he would try and do in the future. He said he was perfectly willing to go to jail if she insisted. So I walk you through all of that because I told you they would show you. So they're showing you in this example what he did. He not only wrote her a letter and hoped she would forgive. Why would I hope you would forgive me? Because if you're growing in the spirit, you'll know that forgiveness and healing are the same experience. So I hope that what I can offer to you is a healing experience for you because of the injuries that you've suffered because of my selfish and inconsiderate behavior. Make sense? So, so he said he was perfectly willing to go to jail if she insisted. So he did all of that stuff, and still none of that was so she wouldn't continue with her prosecution. He's willing to go to jail if she insists. I didn't do any of this, the money, none of that. So those other people had to be consulted because the employer, the other family, all those people were involved in this decision, but he's now done that. And then it goes on to say, of course she did not. And the whole situation has long since been adjusted. How many of you have had to go do something with somebody that you weren't sure it was going to turn out well? Pretty sure of all the ways it could turn out badly. So that's what they're telling us, nine cases out of ten. What is that but demonstrating a degree of faith when I don't even know what it is? See, because this is, this is the whole deal. Men of faith have courage. 
they trust their God. We just learned that in the last chapter, right? Why do I trust my God? Because he's not a theology or a concept. He's a power living in me. He's the one that lifted me from the scrap heap and raised me to a level of life better than the best I've ever known. He's the one got me talking to you. And if you understand what you hear me saying, you'll be doing what you see me doing. Whatever you came in here looking for tonight, it's flowing through me. Right? It's the best drug deal in town, guys. If you're going to be a dealer, deal for, deal for King Hope. Um, if we have... If we have obtained permission, have consulted with others, asked God to help, and the drastic step is indicated, we must not shrink. So they took you right through the step process. I've consulted with another, and I'm now convicted. This is what i got to do, and I'm still afraid. Then I must not shrink. I may have to keep summoning power, but we're going to go. Does it make sense? How many of you had to do that? I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. I'm afraid to do this. I'm afraid to do this. I'm afraid to do this. Okay. This brings to mind a story about one of our friends. While drinking, he accepted a sum of money from a bitterly hated business rival, giving him no receipt for it. How many of you have done a little construction or side work for somebody and then got paid in advance because we've got to buy materials? <laughs> Notice he said, while drinking, he accepted this money. Any of you been drinking at the bar, cut yourself a deal, then sort of drank away the material money? So it's not so foreign to many of us, yes? He subsequently denied having received the money and used the incident as a basis for discrediting the man. So if I have an explanation, but it's not an explanation I care to give, then I'm going to accuse them, because that's what we do, deflect, yes? Okay. He thus used his own wrongdoing as a means of destroying the reputation of another. In fact, his rival was ruined. So at this point, I'll tell you the story about this guy because he was never really an AA. He was an Oxford group member, so they don't really name him, but Sean will consult you later. He can tell you who he is. But anyway, <laughs> um, what I would tell you is he was part of the really religious types, and he took this money. It was a donation to a church fund, and he told the guy, dude didn't give me the money for the church fund. So it really, it harmed him in his faith community and the community as a whole. So now this cat's afraid to go back to his church. He's afraid of everything, right? It's a, it's a, he feels like he's cast away. So he felt that he'd done a wrong he could not possibly make right. If he opened that old affair, he was afraid it would destroy the reputation of his partner, disgrace his family, and take away his means of livelihood. Any of you ever been, been afraid that... If you made the admission to some of the things you've done, you'd lose your freedoms, you'd lose all those things. If you still live in that fear, have any of you had the experience of losing them all anyway? Some of us have. So at some point, I'm going to have to outgrow the fear. I'm not telling you when your time is. I'm telling you one day I just knew I needed to outgrow fear. Right? And I don't have the power to outgrow fear. But I know the one who does. Okay, so... What right had he to involve those dependent upon him? So there's the question. Eyesight without insight is spiritual blindness. So start getting guidance. This is how we get in the spirit, right? What right did he have? None without their permission, because that's a guiding principle, right? How could he possibly make a public statement exonerating its rival? How could he do that? He defrauded the entire church community. He has no idea how to do that. But there is one who does. 
right? Any of you ever discovered a spirit that seemed to know what was happening in the room? That's what he discovered. After consulting with his wife and partner, he came to the conclusion it was better to take those risks than to stand before his creator guilty of such ruinous slander. He saw that he had to place the outcome in God's hands or he would soon start drinking again and all would be lost anyhow. So he's had an experience not unlike our own. We were afraid to face creditors or whatever and then it got too oppressive and then we went out and medicated or behaved in a way that wasn't good for preserving freedom. Any of you ever just go do something that you ought not do, lash out in anger? <laughs> if we're under pressure long enough, it's going out somewhere if we don't get a release, yeah? So he attended church for the first time in many years and after the sermon, he quietly got up and made an explanation. How quiet do you think he felt? That's what any links might look like. He hadn't been to that church in many years. He had to go in and say, I took that man's money. I stole from every one of you. And I lied to you that he didn't get it. And he lost his business over it. Whew, that's what any links might look like. Some of you are feeling that, huh? There you go. Now we're going to get a little power, right? All right. So... After the sermon, he quietly got up and made an explanation. His, a, his action met widespread approval, and today he's one of the most trusted citizens of his town. This all happened years ago. So contemplate that as a believer or as an unbeliever. The thief of the church fund becomes the most trusted citizen of the town through the power of God in front of the community. This is why faith without works is dead, because now the whole community benefited from that healing. Make sense? Some of you have benefited from it too. All right. So the chances are that we have domestic troubles. I was waiting. You're right on cue. Just a little late. Timing was off. Any of you ever had domestic troubles? Like Sean? If you could maintain a domestic, you did, right? Okay. So, so perhaps we're mixed up with women in a fashion we wouldn't care to have advertised. We doubt if in this respect alcoholics are fundamentally much worse than other people, but drinking does complicate sex relations in the home. Where's my meth addict? <laughs> Need a map, huh? <laughs> Even in the home. <laughs> anyway. After a few years with an alcoholic, a wife gets worn out, resentful, uncommunicative. How many of you have noticed that? Your spouse got a little worn out, resentful, uncommunicative. They're telling us what we see, eyesight. Now they're going to take us inward for insight. How could she be anything else? Given who showed up here day after day or didn't show up for week after week, depending on which season I was in, how could she be anything else? Now I'm starting to get centered in the spirit. Some of you felt that. That wasn't fun. That's what powerless and unmanageable feels like. Okay. The husband begins to feel lonely, sorry for himself. He commences to look around the nightclubs or their equivalent for something besides liquor. Any of you ever? Sean likes Christie's. Any, any of the rest of you? How many of you looked for him at the fellowship hall? Let's get real. We get critical where we find them, but that's, they are where they are, because that's what we do. We're looking for 
Perhaps he's having a secret and exciting affair with a girl who understands. Have you ever met her or him? In fairness, we must say that she may understand, but what are we going to do about a thing like that? So reminding myself, it's really not about their level of understanding. It's what am I going to do to make that right? How am I going to get free of these limiting thoughts of me? Why do I want to keep treating people in a way I don't want to be treated? I don't want to do it, but why can't I stop it? Oh, what a wretch am I. I do the things I hate, and I don't do the things I want to do. Sound familiar? It's old wisdom. A man so involved often feels very remorseful at times, especially if he's married to a loyal and courageous girl who's literally gone through hell for him. Whatever the situation, we usually have to do something about it. So back to square one. If our, we're sure our wife does not know, should we tell her? No. Got a few no's, we got a hell no. Are the rest of you are just waiting to see if anyone has the right answer or what? <laughs> if we're sure she does not know, should we tell her? No. You might want to ask one more question. How sure are we? <laughs> Pretty sure they didn't know you were an addict either, huh? <laughs> you may not have as good a kept secret as you think. Here's the deal, guys. Whatever your level of awareness is, there are no secrets in the realm of the spirit. So if you're carrying that burden, you're doing it needlessly because God knows who you are. Not always, we think, if she knows in a general way we have been wild, should we tell her in detail? How many of you have gotten the details and wished you hadn't gotten so much detail? So a general statement about the activity may suffice. Instead of the whole thing about the leathers and the feathers and the whips and the chains and the hoses. <laughs> That's harder to set aside. <laughs> Und undoubtedly, we should admit our fault. She may insist on knowing all the particulars. She will want to know who the woman is and where she is. We feel we ought to say to her that we have no right to involve another person. Have you ever felt like you ought not say something? Did you discover that feeling was not powerful enough to keep you from saying something? So it says, we are sorry for what we've done, and God willing, it shall not be repeated. More than that, we cannot do. We have no right to go further. Though there may be justifiable exceptions... So they're going to talk to us about justifiable exceptions because sometimes we can't hold our mud and we spill it. Anyone else here ever get sweated and couldn't hold your mud? Here it comes. Wish I could pull that back. And though we wish to lay down no rule of any sort, we've often found this the best course to take. So what are they telling you? They learn by experience by telling too much. and they, So now you get to tell this story from the podium. You understand why? If this is a discussion between the way I betrayed them, not the way I betrayed them and the other person, or that that person betrayed them, that's not true. I'm the one in the committed situation. So when I deflect, I wasn't frank. Okay, so our design for living is not a one-way street. It's as good for the wife as for the husband. If we can forget, so can she. Just a suggestion. Do not point that out to him or her. 
Let them figure that little morsel out on their own. Nobody wants to be told how they should think or feel, ever, and particularly in a painful situation. So let them think and feel as they are and be as compassionate as you can be, and if nothing else, be still. There is a power in you that will empower you to be still. It is better, however, that one does not needlessly name a person upon whom she can vent jealousy. Perhaps there are some cases where the utmost frankness is demanded. So the situation may come, you're going to have to spill it all, and regardless of the hurt, the hurt's already occurred, it's already real, let's take ownership and see what we can do with it. No outsider can appraise such an intimate situation. It may be that both will decide that the way of good sense and loving kindness is to let bygones be bygones. Each might pray about it, having the other one's happiness uppermost in mind. Keep it always in sight that we're dealing with that most terrible human emotion, jealousy. Good generalship may decide that the problem be attacked on the flank rather than to risk face-to-face combat. So it may not be a, a subject that you can confront directly. You may just have to demonstrate a changed life. You have power in you to demonstrate a changed life. You have an inventory that showed you what you would like to do in the future. You've asked that power to join you in becoming that person. When they see that you've gained access to power, they will eventually just trust the atmospherics of a changed life to change lives. Does that make sense? How many of you had family members that said, get out and stay out, and then you saw you doing good, and eventually, maybe years later, they reached out and started to ask you, how'd that happen? Can you help my friend? My friend's almost as crazy as you were. <laughs> Notice almost, because... Okay, so if we have no such complication, there is plenty we should do at home. Sometimes we hear an alcoholic say that the only thing he needs to do is keep sober. You ever hear that? We hear it all the time in rooms, don't we? Because they don't do our program, they do our fellowship. How ridiculous is it it to anyone who knows me that the only thing I got to do is be abstinent? How many of you can remember being abstinent in your first day or days after addiction? Was it comfortable? No. It ain't going to get any more comfortable years later. If you don't gain access to power, you're going to stay restless, irritable, and discontent. And if you're restless, irritable, and discontent, you're eventually going to go seek a release because that's what we do. For there will be no home if he doesn't, but he's yet a long way from making good to the wife or parents whom for years he's so shockingly treated. Passing all understanding is the patience mothers and wives have had with alcoholics. Had this not been so, many of us would have no homes today, would perhaps be dead. The alcoholic is like a tornado roaring his way through the lives of others. I love the majesty of their, the color. How many of you can, disc- can see the picture they're painting? Any of you come out of that alcoholic scene like you had a house, it was nicely furnished, you were proud of it, and just thrash that, like shit growing out of the carpet. <laughs> Towel over where you soiled the couch. <laughs> None of you did that? <laughs> shit, you guys ain't done yet. <laughs> you got all kinds of good shit to do. Hearts are broken, sweet relationships are dead, affections have been uprooted, selfish and inconsiderate habits have kept the home in turmoil. We feel a man is unthinking when he says that sobriety is enough. 
hey, next time they're at an AA meeting and they tell you to pick a topic, pick that one and see how many opinions you get. <laughs> Big Book says we feel a man's unthinking when he says sobriety's enough. You'll be amazed at the delusion you will hear in that room. <laughs> of course sobriety's enough. I've never been so goddamn happy. <laughs> you met him, huh? He's like the farmer who kept him out of the cyclone cellar, or came out of a cyclone cellar to find his home ruined. To his wife, he remarked, don't see anything the matter here, Ma. Ain't it grand the wind stopped blowing? <laughs> yes, there's a long period of reconstruction ahead, and we must take the lead. So this is a building step, this is a fitness step, this is a freedom step. We're gonna know a new freedom, we're gonna get there, right? And that freedom is what I ask for in three, relieve me of the bondage of self. So I'm free of me, so I'm finally free to be me, the better version of me I've always wanted to be. Yes? Okay. So we must take the lead, a remorseful mumbling that we're sorry won't fill the bill at all. So the amends step isn't about just I'm sorry, although you may say I'm sorry, but we say I'm sorry when we're clearly not sorry. How many of you wanted to tell somebody something and they had someone else talking to them, so you just ran up and said, I'm sorry to interrupt, but... <laughs> so clearly you're not sorry. You're impatient. You should just say, sorry, I'm impatient, but... Because <laughs> that would be truer, right? <laughs> We ought to sit down with the family and frankly analyze the past as we now see it, being very careful not to criticize them. Their defects may be glaring, but the chances are that our own actions are partly responsible. So we clean house with the family, asking each morning in meditation that our Creator show us the way of patience, tolerance, kindness, and love. So if I'm asking Creator to show me that, I'm going to have that vision. If I stay awake to that vision, the way of patience, kindness, tolerance, and love, and I'll have the power to demonstrate that through me. And guys, when you come back to a family and you have been the dysfunctional one, the lie is that there was a dysfunctional one. You were just the handy one because you were crazier than shit. <laughs> but they don't want you out of your role when you go back. We spend a lot of time trying to help people. Your family of origin isn't ready to receive the new you until you're firmly grounded on a foundation. We do not chase them back into the illness. We lead them out into the light. Does it make sense? And we're going to need to know that way in order to do that. And we're gonna, I mean not know the way, I mean know the way. The spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. How many of you have heard that chant? Live it because you're worth it. You haven't heard that, have you? They say work it because you're worth it. It's a manner of living. Right? Pay attention to what the words they use. They use, they use the words they meant. Okay. So... What does it mean that I have to live it? I need to serve. In order to serve, I need to be fit. I'm going to encounter situations I do not want to do. I'm going to summon more power because I know that I can't turn back from what I've started. There's nothing back there. Right? I don't regret the past, nor do I wish to shut the door on it. I sure as shit don't want to return to it. 
Okay, unless one's family expresses a desire to live upon spiritual principles, we think we ought not urge them. How'd they learn that? They urged them, right? The same way we, anytime we find a new hookup, we tell everybody. So knowing that everyone's going to do that, don't be hard on them, just help them. You guys that know that your, your belief system is better demonstrated than talked about. When they see power, they'll know it. What did Bill say? He's drunk as hell when Ebby came to the door. He said he was fresh-skinned and glowing. There was something about his eyes. It's kind of wild, isn't it? We should not talk incessantly to them about spiritual matters. They will change in time. Claim that promise, guys. you got a big family. It's sitting in this room. It's here at New Freedom, those of you who are here. Whatever family you left behind, they'll see you. They'll come if they're meant to. But you have a family here. There's a lot to do. They will change in time. Our behavior will convince them more than our words. We must remember that 10 or 20 years of drunkenness make a skeptic out of anyone. There may be some wrongs we can never fully right. We don't worry about them if we can honestly say to ourselves that we would right them if we could. So now this is so important that you know this power within you, because when you say honestly to yourself, you're confessing yourself to your creator, right? And you know this. I would do it if I could, because I'm starting to get built up some willingness. Some people cannot be seen. We send them an honest letter, and there may be a valid reason for postponement in some cases, so they're telling you what it, how it may manifest. If you're really willing and you've admitted you're willing and you're moving through the principles, yeah. But if we don't delay if it can be avoided. So sometimes I can see th walls that aren't there because I don't, still not ready to face it, right? So I don't delay if it can be avoided. So if I'm feeling like there's an avoidance I need to do, then I better question myself again. Is that real? Yeah. We should be sensible, tactful, considerate, and humble without being servile or scraping. So this isn't about you humiliating yourself. This is about you reclaiming your dignity. Does that make sense? You want a new you? Act like you want them to perceive you. Act like you want to perceive you. Summon the power to do so, and the new you will be self-evident to everyone you encounter. So... As God's people, we stand on our feet. We don't crawl before anyone. And now we're going to get in some promises. These are not the promises. These are the ninth step promises. They're in this place for a reason. At this stage of my development, my eyes are open and I'm starting to get fit enough to discipline my thought life a little bit and start paying attention to the direction from within. I'm starting to get a little access to what the spiritualist would call self-control, but the reality is I'm, I'm learning what a delusion self is at all because the separation problem is an illusion. That, that separation problem's been solved. I'm not separate. But I'm going to have to stay awake to that fact. Yes? Some of you got silent. You didn't know there was a separation problem or you didn't know it had been solved. If we're painstaking about this phase of our development, we'll be amazed before we're halfway through. Halfway through with what? To Sean, 
talking about the principles that we practice in all our affairs, the disciplines that we're going to grow in as we move forward. Does that make sense to you? How many of you started learning and lifting more when you started working with others too? So it may happen, you may have a recurring thing, because you're going to have a second step experience when you're taking someone else through their first or something like that, right? Okay, so we're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. What's new mean? So now I ask, regardless of my belief, I ask to be relieved of the bondage of self, and now I'm somewhat free of those limiting thoughts about me. I've got hope that there's, I'm going in a different direction. I'm showing up. I'm treating people kinder than I feel like treating them. I've got power to love the unlovely. I'm seeking out people to help who can't possibly pay me back because I know that I have to do that to maintain my spiritual fitness. Yes. Right? Okay, we'll not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. These are states of being, folks. So if you can comprehend serenity, you're experiencing it because it's, it's incomprehensible anyway. It's a perfect peace, right? It's a peace in the storm. What is peace? If I know peace. There's a lack of conflict within me. Any of you ever had the experience of like you just had a window, there wasn't any conflict. Is that not a miracle for many of us? It's kind of a miracle when we even become aware of the conflict and start getting into the discipline of turning our thoughts to others, isn't it? How many of you have had people have you watch you have something happen to you? Denise had a, had a dog of hers get killed by another dog. And it was an awful experience. And everyone around her said, you got to report that woman. you got to go get, you got to shoot that dog. <laughs> She's like, God, I feel terrible for that woman. What an awful thing to have your dog do to someone else's dog. And she goes, is there something wrong with me? I said, no, man. That's just God. We don't, we don't do what the world does. That's cool stuff. Okay. The feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We'll lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. That's cool, right? Relieve me of the bondage of self and now self-seeking slipping away. And if I'm not self-seeking, then the delusion's gone and that selfish condition is less likely to occur. Does that make sense? Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Why? Because the world's not causing how I think and feel. It's reflecting how I'm thinking and feeling. And so I'm, I'm viewing the world differently because even when you aren't nice to me, I realize that you're not really doing that to me. You're, you're acting towards a thought you have about yourself. And I can demonstrate power through me because I've been redeemed by this power. That's what I'm there to see you about. So our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people, of economic insecurity will leave us. How many of you went through some periods of economic insecurity? Did you notice it got more comfortable in time? That's when fear leaves. It isn't that we won't experience economic insecurity. Of course we will. We're going to be paying people back. We're going to be doing things. But the reality is the fear of it will leave me and I'll be able to operate. I'll realize my needs are met. Um, we'll intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. How many of you have had that experience. I can tell you one story. The, this guy 
came and met me at a detox, took me through my, I met him, he took me through my steps subsequently, and anyway, I didn't see him for a year or so. I ran into him, and I asked him, hey man, have you ever been back to that detox where you met me? And he goes, dude, haven't you figured it out yet? I've never been back there. I don't even know who it was that asked me to go there. God sent me there for you, Joe. Long before I knew I needed it, God sent someone to come get me. And I suddenly realized that God had been doing for me what I could not do for myself. Some of you felt that, huh? So one more thing. Are these extravagant promises? Of course they're extravagant promises. That, and we don't want to believe it, so they're going to lay it down for us. They sound like extravagant promises, but they're being fulfilled among us. Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, but they always materialize if we work for them. See you next week. <laughs>